this week on Ace on the House. Went to my 10-year reunion. Ray peed on me. I don't, I don't really recall that, by the we way. We were standing at the urinals, and it was about three-quarters of the way in. And it was winding down. And you turned over, 90 degrees, and you pissed on my leg. And then I said, hey, man, come on now, man, I'm wearing a suit. And you weren't like, hey, man, old times, man. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. Old times. Let's go get a beer. I mean, that's what you do. I guess, you know, whatever you did in high school, that's what you got to do now, right? Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday. Or visit aceonthehouse.com. Only from Corolla Digital. This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little candy corn flavored Oreos. What you didn't see was some confusion between Gary and me right now because he was trying to tell me to start talking, but I thought he was joking. Gary, what's up with your um, confusing hand gestures? It's late. It's it's dry uh, hand humor. (laughs) It's true. Your hand was sarcastic. Your hand was very sarcastic. Anyway, enough of that. Before the show officially starts, I just wanted to uh, say a few words. First of all, I want to give a big thank you to listener Jeff for sending in the Allison Rosen is your new best friend posters. I love them. Gary loves them. And the next time I do a live show, the audience will love them. And uh, I feel like listeners right now are loving them. If they could imagine uh, Allison Rosen is your new best friend poster, but really big. Yeah, you can check it out on Instagram, and I'd like to also thank Jeff for sending us the uh, the high-quality file that he created for us to, to print those, so that if we ever want to print stuff again, we can. So thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. And I think, and actually, I want to thank everyone. I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking that I need to take a moment to let everyone know that when you guys email me or tweet me or write things on the Facebook wall or just in any way let me know how much the show means to you, that means a lot to me. And I've received some really, really nice emails, and I just want to say thank you. And thank you for listening and telling your friends. And also thank you for leaving comments on iTunes. I believe we have a couple iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. All right. The uh, first iTunes comment of the week comes from McAndrew, and uh, that's his username on iTunes, and the title is Allison Stole My Best Friend. Via Adam Carolla, via me and my wife started listening to this. I think that's via Adam Carolla, via me, my wife. Ah, yes. There's an inconsistent (laughs) use of of commas here. here. My mistake. Via Adam Carolla, via me, my wife started listening to this podcast, and now I've lost my best friend to Allison Rosen. Granted, Allison deserves high praise, but stealing my wife is a step too far. On top of that, now my wife realized... <laughs> Wait, what was going on there? Some capitalization? Well, on is capitalized, but then nothing else. Oh, so okay. I, I didn't know how to... I'm not on top of his wife. I didn't know what inflection to use. On top of that, <laughs> now good. my wife realizes all my best jokes and anecdotes are indeed stolen from Allison. What comes around goes around. Nevertheless, if you... Nevertheless, if you haven't listened to this talented on-air comedian, you have lost out on a chunk of your life. Well, thank you, Andrew. Is that his name? Mick Andrew. MCC Andrew. Thank you, Mick Andrew, and I'm sorry for stealing your wife, but I'm glad that someone's stealing my jokes, and I'm glad you guys are listening. And thanks, Gary. Sorry for all the ribbing. Sorry for the dry hand humor. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I think that was my doing right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one more iTunes comment of the week this week, and it is by Vabub42. That's V-A-B-U-B-B-42. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, and it is titled Queen of the Long Form Interview. Allison Rosen has really taken over the reins from, the Adam Carolla, from Adam Carolla for the long-form interview. I love the topic sombrero and other little bits, which always seem to throw guests for a loop and get very candid responses from. I love this show and really look forward to it every week. Miss Rosen is raw, honest, intelligent, and funny. What more could you want? Some would say that we hand-select these um, just because I want to have smoke blown up my ass at the beginning of the show. It's true. <laughs> And as you'll learn next week, not very easy. Wait, what do you mean? Well, we can cut that out, but you and Andrew WK talk about how to blow smoke up your ass. Oh, I forgot that. No, it's okay. It's a teaser. I forgot that we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that episode, I'll say this well in advance so you can plan your meals. You're not going to want to be snacking on anything while listening to the Andrew WK episode. It it was pretty uh, disgusting. In fact, I felt like as... The interview went on. We were losing more and more listeners until finally near the end, a part that was really fairly inoffensive compared to some of the earlier stuff is what actually nearly turned my stomach. And I actually I kind of dry heaved just a tiny bit, which is probably what other people were doing, you know, at the beginning. This episode is not like that. This episode is with a delightful comedian named Jamie Lee, whom I enjoyed talking to. And I dare say I loved I loved her. Gary, you loved her. We loved her. She was awesome. Yeah. Um, You know what else is awesome? The new Squarespace. Let's say you are designing a website or redesigning a website. And if you have ever done this in the past, uh, years ago, perhaps, you had to do coding and you had to do all sorts of stuff and you were probably staying up all night and your eyes were rimmed and they were red and you would uh, click on things and then you'd be like, God damn it, what the photo is running into the text and I can't stand this. Or maybe you were actually really proficient at it, in which case you're another breed of human being and... I admire you, but if you want to make a website and you don't want it to be a kind of pulling out your hair experience, you need the new Squarespace because they have all sorts of cool templates that look great and work well, and you can drag and drop things so you can see exactly where it's going to go, and um, it's it automatically, Gary, you probably know the terminology for this more than I do, but automatically the website that you create will look good on a phone, it'll look good on an iPad. Right, so it'll rescale for whatever device you're on, and it'll yes. make it so that... You know, it looks optimized and it looks like it was built for whatever device it was because there's nothing worse than spending a lot of time building a website and then somebody goes to it from their iPhone and they think you're unprofessional because it doesn't look very good. Right, because everything's in a list. But yeah, so it's really intuitive and it's got great. The drag and drop features are awesome, but uh, it also does have the capability that if you are one of those people who knows how to code very well, like that doesn't preclude you on Squarespace. You can still go back in and get under the hood and mess around with their templates and customize them yourself. So it's really, it's a great solution for a beginner all the way up to uh, an advanced coder. That's right. Just earlier today, I was I was looking at Twitter and someone was singing the praises of Squarespace and I wanted to retweet them. And then I thought, wait a minute, does that link, does that link... Uh, have my code in it or does it have their code in it? And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, So for a free trial, a free trial, you guys, go to squarespace.com slash best friend. Sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. And then if you decide to purchase it, use the offer code best friend nine. 
that's best friend nine because it's the ninth month right now, and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, which includes monthly and annual plans. And don't forget, you get free domain registration with an annual plan subscription. That's squarespace.com slash best friend and use the offer code best friend nine. By the way, current Squarespace customers can convert their accounts and content to the new Squarespace whenever they choose to, or they can keep their site in the current Squarespace code. Um, And one more uh, sponsor related announcement. I just wanted to ask you guys, oftentimes people say to me, how can I help the show? And here's a way that you can help the show and it doesn't even cost anything. Um, One of my favorite sponsors, GoToMeeting, uh, if you sign up for a free GoToMeeting account, and it's absolutely free, you get a free trial for 30 days and that actually will help this show out quite a bit because I love them as a sponsor and, uh, you know, they obviously want, I'm, I want them to realize that sponsoring this show is uh, in their best interest, just like I want you guys to realize that using GoToMeeting, signing up for the free trial is in your best interest. And by that, I mean, it's also in my best, it's, it's, it's in our best interest and it's a great product. So you can do that by going to GoToMeeting.com, click on the try it free button, use the promo code Allison. Okay, I think it's time to start the episode. Um, I love you guys, um, and just uh, keep hanging in there and doing what you're doing, because it's working. Here's the episode. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison Rosen, your new best friend. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is comedian and writer Jamie Lee. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Allison. So I thought that we met um, for the first time the other night, actually, at UCB, because I was going to do... Uh, or I was leaving after doing Doug Loves Movies, and you were there to do Comedy Bang Bang, right? Right. But then when I was doing my Googling, I discovered that you and I were both in the same article in Marie Claire years ago. Oh it was that gosh. late night war thing. Yeah. Remember that? We both yeah. had a joke in there, which means that we must know, um, we must both know Marie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had a friend who worked there. I mean, along with me being like an you know influential voice in comedy that would make them reach out to me. Also, my good friend worked there. Oh, okay. Yeah. A uh, weird thing about that. I actually was apartment hunting around that time and I responded to an ad on Craigslist and Corinne. It, yeah. That's my friend. Did you oh look at my her gosh. This I is didn't. interesting to like two people who are listening. I know. I, I didn't end up looking at it because I found another place oh. right before I was supposed to go see her place. And I was like, I'm just going to take this. I lived near her. So funny. You and I could have been neighbors many years ago. Oh, because you lived next to Corinne. I lived, yeah, I lived um, like a block away from her. How funny. Yeah. Well, it's a small world. And really so, small world. Just to bring the listeners up to speed on who you are and where where you are, you're in L.A. currently. Yes. You live in New York. You are from Dallas. You went to the <laughs> yeah. University of Texas, uh-huh. Austin. Yes, in Austin. Okay. Don't they have like a big bell? Uh, they, they have a big, ta- for- a big tower. I knew they had something. Yeah, big. they have a big tower. And you are currently, right? Or you just wrote on Pete Holmes' 
pilot. Yes. So like, is that done now? It is done. Yeah. We taped, uh, we taped three separate episodes that could potentially stand on their own. But the idea right now is to maybe chop it up and make one like super episode. Okay. Um, the best of, you know, all the different moments from the different shows. And you do stand up and you do writing. I do. Is yeah. Is one your focus more? Well, stand up catapulted everything. Um, yeah, I started in stand up in New York doing open mics and, you you know, really getting up on stage a lot um, and just focusing on stand up. I mean, there's kind of this I don't know. I kind of feel like in New York, there really isn't any industry, even though there is definitely more than like, hey, I started in Ohio. Um, but I, I really felt like it was a good place to kind of bounce around town and get up at different places like bars. And, you know, they have shows everywhere. They I do. mean, they really have like a big alternative scene. So you don't have to just perform in a club. You can, you know, go to some bar that's like on 4th Street in the East Village and they have like a back room behind another back room and you do five minutes there. So, um, yeah, I, I really feel like I got my chops comedically now, see, in New York. On the Adam Carolla show, we were just talking to Mike Barbiglia, and mm-hmm. he was saying, there's a lot of names that are, I'm going to drop, but I'm sort of, um, I'm like one level removed from the dropping because I'm dropping names that Mike Barbiglia dropped. Uh-huh. Uh, he in said, comedy name dropping, it doesn't really exist to me. I'm sure to other people it does, but I'm like, oh no, that's just another guy in comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know what Thank I mean? You. It's not like you're like, I was hanging out with Brad Pitt the other day. No big deal. <laughs> I wish. I need to be in a different circle so that then I can drop that name. Anyway, he was saying that the the advice Jim Gaffigan gave him was whatever you do, don't start out in New York doing stand-up because you don't ever want to perform before you're really good because those – like your one bad 15-minute set will haunt you. Yeah. And yet you're talking about you got your start in New York. Yeah. I mean, I definitely heard that a lot when I was there. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have started when I was in college in Austin or when I was living in Dallas. Maybe like I should have been a high school open micer. Um, But I think the reality was that I got a job right out of college at Comedy Central. I was working in their press department. Did you know that you wanted to do comedy at that point? um, I think like, you know, deep down I knew, but I never had the confidence at that point to really say, oh, okay, I'm going to get up on stage and make this a career. Like I just kind of was like, oh, I really like comedy and I really like writing. So, you know, I can write press releases about (laughs) comedy and that'll suffice. And everyone's dream. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone wants to write a sick press release. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I took that job and then I was actually handling all of the stand up for the network. I was handling press for at the time Premium Blend, which is now canceled um, and then became live at Gotham, um, all the Comedy Central presents and all the one hour specials. So I was watching a lot of comedy. So it was kind of just like hitting me in the face every day, like stand up, stand up, stand up. And then finally I was like, oh, maybe we could give this a go. And how did it go at the beginning? Um, I mean, you know, shitty. <laughs> um, not not good. I, I think what's funny, though, is you're so excited to make people laugh that even though, you know, even if it takes, like, let's say you're telling a joke, you know, it's supposed to pay off pretty quickly. Like, you should get to the punchline as quick as possible for the audience's sake. They want to laugh. Um, but I think when you first start, you know, you could take two minutes to get to the point. And even though it took two minutes, you're just focused on the fact that you eventually got that laugh. So you think you're doing great. And then you slowly realize, like, oh, I super do not have this figured out yet. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the thing about I mean, I I only did a very small amount of stand up. And I just realized I don't I love performing and 
I just prefer things that are a little looser. Like to me, the idea of getting up. And, I mean, I know that stand up can be very loose. Yeah. But yeah. being alone on stage is not as fun for me as sort of doing, you know, being on stage Absolutely. with other people. Absolutely. I just took an improv class um, back in New York and I was, oh, it was so fun. I It was like the closest thing I've come to like summer camp as yeah. an adult. I was like, this is the best. We're all laughing and helping each other and yes ending and, you right. know, just There's- real. It was just like a big party on stage. Yes. And yeah, I, I don't necessarily feel that with stand-up. And actually it made me kind of... It it didn't make me, um, you know, it didn't make me feel like antagonistic towards stand up. But I definitely was like, oh, I get why people do improv. This is like really fun. Mm-hmm. And what I realized, though, after my little my brief bout with stand up is that there are so many things that reveal that you're an amateur oh, that so, so many hacky topics. Absolutely. That. I don't at the time I didn't realize how much that telegraphs like where you are in the process. Mm-hmm. Topics it, it could be hacky but it could also be like oh you're not you're talking about like observations you're not like getting to the right. core What's of your yourself. point of view. Yeah. And exactly. then also I received so much advice from so many different people mm. but I was bombarded with it. It was like oh you're a female comedian don't ever do jokes about dating. It's like, I don't, you know, why? Because that's what every female comedian does. And frankly, if you're, this is going to sound, this is going to sound self-congratulatory, but someone actually told this to me. Uh, Like when you're complaining about being single, it doesn't ring true. And I'm like, but I am single. I mean, thank you in a weird way. It's a compliment, but I'm, I am at the time I was, but anyway. um, Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, are there special rules as a female stand-up? I think, to me, the biggest rule is to never call yourself a female stand-up and to just play ball. Mm-hmm. Like, to focus on what what interests you. What, you know, what? how do you like to tell a joke? Like, for, for me personally... Uh, and I've been, well, I don't even know if I should talk about this. I guess. Oh, sure you should. Well, lately I've been struggling with, um, I really like writing jokey jokes. Like I really love to write a good joke. And it usually starts, my premises are all true. And then I take them in a pretty absurd direction, I would say. And I know I've had people be like, you got to open up. You got to really let them in. And I'm like, yeah, but this, this kind of writing comes very naturally to me. And I really enjoy it. Like it excites me to write this way. So what was my point? Oh, just that. Um, I really don't know what my point was. I think you I were really starting to say one. that people are pushing you in the direction of you have to yes. open up more, whereas you like to go absurd. Yeah, I do, and and I and I feel like I do share my. And it's interesting because I've had people be like, you don't, you need to let people in, but I've also had people who have come up and been like, your perspective is really clear, and I think it's interesting. I think that you can be vulnerable in a lot of ways. And that's not to say that I don't agree with the people who are like, you need to open up. I do. And I'm getting better at it Mm -hmm. as I go along. Um, But, you know, I do. I think that you can express yourselves. You can express yourself in a lot of different ways and communicate who you are as a person in a lot of different ways. So that's why I think when it comes to advice, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, obviously. But also, you know, I talk about I've talked about dating before and You know, I've had guys come up afterwards and be like, that's a great joke. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. You know, I believe in it. That's why I told it. It got a good response. I'll probably keep it for that reason. (laughs) We're not going to throw it out. But um, there have I think if you're being honest, 
about being single or, you know, whatever aspect of dating or, you know, being a woman, whatever, as long as you're tapping into something that's true, I think it'll always be funny. And I also had a manager guy say to me, you that you need to see the advice wasn't it wasn't like you, Allison, I've been charting what you're doing in your career. And here's advice. It was more like here's the like beginner um starter pack of comedy uh, here's what you should know that was the kind of how the tone but it was like you need to break yourself of the idea of thinking that if a joke gets laughs you that's that you should be doing it it's like mm. isn't that uh what we're here for basically yeah i, mean, I get i get the nuance of what he's saying sure absolutely jeez i don't yeah. know i kind of discouraged all of that stuff and i probably just shouldn't have availed myself of so much advice I should have just kept doing it if I wanted to stay doing that but it just it almost discouraged me because I'm like there's I'm bombarded with with a whole bunch of rules uh-huh. I don't, this is not this is not going to be fun yeah I mean I I just feel like um you you can see someone go up that you've never seen before and they could be talking about something that I could hear in the back of my head someone else being like oh it's so hack and it's like yeah but if they give their unique spin on it it, it's it's never going to be hack. Right. It's just not. All topics have been exhausted to a degree. Yeah. So I think that you just have to really trust yourself in, in giving your perspective on whatever it is, even if it feels like it's a really general subject matter. Like, still go for it. If it means something to you, that will come across, I think, in your jokes. Did you grow up in a funny household? Um, yeah, I did. My parents are, my parents are funny. They are funny. Um, they fought a lot when I was a kid. They're still together. Um, I have parents who fought a lot and are still together. Oh, really? Yeah, it makes you crazy. It makes you nuts. Yes, it does. Wow. Did, did well, did you get the, like, um, stomach churning, oh, oh God, God, the yeah. world is not safe, they're yelling at each other feeling Absolutely. when you hear them yelling? All the time. Yeah. And then I saw Dr. Phil episode when I was in college I got really into Dr. Phil my freshman year it was my boyfriend um because I didn't have one but uh Your boyfriend was a doctor yeah <laughs> I know right I scored <laughs> cha-ching um yeah Dr. Phil I watched a lot and I remember there was an episode where he just point blank is he's talking to these two parents and he's like you got to stop yelling in front of your kids oh. you don't know how it makes them feel but it makes them feel Horrible, and I was like, "Yes, Dr. it's like being Phil. an ant in an an ant farm and having someone shake it." Yeah, I mean, and my parents, I lived in this house. I still, they live in the same house. Um, very thin walls, mm-hmm. and thin walls not just within the house, but I could hear them in the backyard. They would go in the backyard to yell, and it was all my mom. My dad's like this, like oh, so the neighbors whatever could you hear. Want. I don't think it was. Yeah, I mean, actually, they they may they may have heard. Um, but, yeah, they would go in the backyard because they thought that was better to just take it outside. Right. And I could hear everything. I mean, just as bad. And, yeah, it was really bad. I talked to my mom about it. I'm like, y- y- yeah, that was awful what growing she up. Say? She's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have yelled so much. But she, um, yeah, she's an odd lady. She has, like, a lot of, like, anger. She's not an angry person. If you met her, you would never know this. But she is an angry... She has a lot of anger. Unresolved anger. Did she yell at you as well? And do you have siblings? Um, No, I don't. I'm an only child. Oh, so it's just you to soak up She's a hothead. She she is like heart of gold. Like, it's never coming from a place of like belittling. It was never like that. They were always very supportive. They always pushed me to like be really artistic and like follow my dream. Like, all that was great. So that's good because that stuff 
matters yes. a lot. But um, like if I did bad on like a homework assignment, my mom would like scream at me. And I was like, yeah, it sucks already for me. Like, you don't have to yell at me mm-hmm. to make me feel like I'm not a bad right. kid who's like, oh, well, screw that. Like, I got an F. So what? I was like, no, it sucks. I don't want to get an F. Like, that's the worst feeling ever. Yeah, you're already shaming oh, yourself. Oh, you feel terrible. And she would yell. And I think the reason is because when she was growing up, she really didn't care about school. And then she never went to college. And I think she really regrets not going to college. So I think it was just this sort of like, um, what's the word? Like reverse psychology, kind of overcompensating. Overcompensation, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you get where it's coming from when you're older, but when you're a kid, you're like, calm down. Like, who needs to yell like that? And your dad was not a yeller. Not at all. Still isn't. Not at all. I've heard my dad raise his voice maybe like five times in my life. So how would what what was their fighting like then? Their fighting. um, Well, they worked together, and Uh, that's a big. They had a concert promoting business called Four Six Two Concerts in Dallas, and they owned music venues and promoted shows, which was a very so cool. It was so cool. Like looking back, I'm like, oh, that was. My parents had fun, a fun job. Um, so they had this business together that they started actually before my mom got pregnant with me. And uh, they just fought about work. It was a lot of like my dad, my dad and this other guy, um, they were the like two presidents of the company. My mom was a partner in the company, but not not on the same level that they were. And she was doing like graphics and stuff for them and I think she never really felt like as important or as as valued as the other two people um so I think that just and I you know what even if she I think it would have been messy no no matter what it's a it was it was messy it was just really messy and then there was like drugs also that was a whole thing again I'm making my parents sound like psychotic people they're like very docile and nice and normal but there were some like but they were on drugs (laughs) my yeah but they were super doped up um no my dad was doing cocaine at shows like because it was the music business Mm -hmm. and you you had to yeah you have to otherwise you're not a cool kid um so yeah he was doing that and my mom was like really against it and she was like oh well if jamie never finds out like it's fine i mean it's not fine but i'll you know i guess i'll just like deal with it Mm -hmm. and then i did find out how um he was like twitching one morning (laughs) sorry i don't and no no please i i have tried to write jokes about it (laughs) like i'm still working on it because i think it could be comedy gold if i just get get the nugget right (laughs) um yeah so uh he yeah he was like twitching and like just like sort of like shaking his neck a lot and i was like what is wrong with you you're being weird and then my mom came out and was like you want to know what's wrong with him and i was like oh god here comes linda uh that is my mom (laughs) and uh yeah and she just told me what happened and that it had been going on a while and then it was just kind of messy in front of him in front of him oh yeah he got kicked out of the house he went to live with his brother for a few days then he slowly came crawling back and then it was just awkward for a while like he tried to like buy me a lot of stuff to like try to smooth everything mm-hmm. over it was so awkward like um, what what did he buy you he, we went to rampage at the mall oh is yeah that kind of like hot topic no rampage was like sort of an upscale oh. contempo casuals when contempo went out rampage came in i used to like contempo yeah okay. oh great store yeah dollar scrunchies i'll never forget I know. and like i think giant... you could get like five for a dollar i think it was like yeah. a really 
great deal. Yeah, <laughs> it was like more. It was like like way more than you need. A million. <laughs> yeah. I know. yeah, 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 yeah. But Rampage was like slightly nicer. Okay. Um. Yeah. So he, I remember taking me to Rampage and like bought me like a bunch of stuff, and I was like, "This is still weird. You can't do this." But how old were you? Did I just? Ask I was that? fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I was fourteen. 14. Yeah. It was pretty. It was really kind of crazy. It was a crazy time, but I mean, you know, also compared to what other kids have to endure, not so crazy. See, perhaps you have a similar thing that I had, which is on the surface, the family looks pretty good and pretty normal. And I do have two parents who are still married, and they love me, and they're very supportive. All of that, you know, sure. it's true. Yeah. However, there's also all sorts of like crazy psychological stuff that went down that has l- turned me into the sort of, I mean, I'm, I'd say I'm decently adjusted, sure. but I definitely have all of my issues and oh, I've been yeah. through therapy and it's like, but I feel like I remember talking to other people who had the same patterns that I did a while ago, which was, you know, always dating the wrong kind of guy and settling for things that really like women who had better self-esteem would have, uh, you know, laughed at. And I'd be like, no, this is, I think this can work for me. Mm -hmm. It was like, and you know, so the question was like, what happened to make you this fucked up essentially? And the other women, it would be like, oh, well, you know, my dad left when I was two or this or this or this, or my parents split up or just sort of garden variety things that fuck you up. And I didn't have, you know, my, my things were all, more hidden it took a little a little more uh insight i think to sort of tease them out and it sounds like i, I don't know you well enough to know what your issues are if you have issues oh let's get we're gonna it find though. out yeah, though yeah i'm loving this but perhaps it might be because i because i hear you kind of equivocating a bit being like you know it was pretty but but other people had it worse but obviously still this stuff did affect you yeah oh absolutely it's interesting that you mentioned the the guy thing um about you know try like you sort of endure or you did endure, mm-hmm. um, like, guys who, you know, weren't treating you the way they should have treated you. And Were or you saying that about girl- you? Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted sure. to make sure I understood. Yeah, guys who weren't treating me the way I was. I, like, I didn't understand that when a guy likes you, wants to date you, eventually loves you, is devoted to you, there is a certain way that he will behave. Right. Instead, I just... Well, there's a lot of duping. Sorry, go ahead. Finish, because yeah. well, I want to comment duping, on that. There's duping, but there's also, like... You know, when a guy is not calling, it's all that he's just not that into you kind of stuff. It is, but I, yeah, I think it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. But but the duping thing, actually, the ones that I would always fall for were the ones that came on strong I was and just would say that. Like, seduce me. Yep. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But I feel like the reason I would fall for that is because on some level, like even if you're not conscious of it, you just feel this is not a true – he's not really there. He's not really available. Right. I think if he were, it would have scared me off. But there's something so attractive about the guy that is not truly available who's going to pay intense attention to you for a little while. Oh, it's the best. I mean, it's the best and the worst, but it's the best. I had a very similar experience where a guy was coming on very strong and kind of – he was like the perfect guy in the way he came on. I was like, man, this guy – every day I received a text from him like before noon, which is like what every girl wants Mm. in those like first two weeks. You like – want consistency you want to know that he's not going to bail and know these and it was nonstop like that for about five days so really very little time and then on the sixth day the text came at like one and the day after that it was like three and then by the next day it was like five and then the next day he just didn't text me Uh and i was like this kid is like 
a joke. Like this, something is wrong because he was so into it. And then as soon as I sort of started to like bite the bait, he was like, yeah, I was just interested in the chase. He admitted that or he acted that way? He acted that way. Uh It was pure action. And of course, you know, I brought it up and he's like, no, it's not it. I'm just really like messed up with relationships. And I'm like, ay, ay, ay. But it was good because it was actually the the first time that I have been like, yeah, I'm. This isn't for me, and I I ended it. I mean, not that there was much to end. We only dated for like a month, mm-hmm. um, maybe not even a month, like three weeks, and it was weird for like two of those weeks. <laughs> but I ended it, and I was like, this is super not for me. And then he actually like a couple months later wrote me an email and was like, I really messed up. Like I am now in a very good headspace and it wasn't you it was totally me and i really like you and like had kind of like pursued but now i'm in a, a good happy relationship which is nice but did you was... date that guy again though never no. nope what was going on because see my my antenna would say if uh, i had an antenna that spoke mm-hmm. like, an, like a stick with a little mouth at the end yeah, it would be sure. kind of disgusting looking but still so useful well, maybe, at times maybe like, like this. the jack-in-the-box ball that was popular for yes. a while yeah with a functioning mouth okay that's how i visualize okay. it so it's pretty cute actually it would say there was someone else in his life at that time mm-hmm. is that right mm-hmm. i think he was i think he had a couple of people i remember one time i was at his house he had gone to a dinner and i he was like, let's hang out after the dinner. It was like a work dinner. He was like, let's hang out after the dinner. So I, I went over to his place just to like watch TV. We didn't even do any. We were just sitting there watching TV and his phone kept buzzing and he wouldn't check it. And I'm like, if it, it was suspicious because you would just be like, oh, hold on. And like, look at your phone and then put it away. Yeah. Like it's not your, it's not a crime to get a text message. But right. if you have something to hide, you're not going to want to check the text message. So I knew something. I knew he was like playing a bunch of different girls and you know which is which is fine again just not for me like i i you know maybe there's a personality who can do that who's like yeah i don't feel like committing i want to sort of date around and i i was just not in that place mentally. i don't know that i really think there are women who i actually can do don't that. either but okay. i i you know you don't want to say absolutely not because there right. probably is like you know one <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's like in New Zealand, in rural New Zealand. She's the world's she's biggest the one. slut. Yeah. And she's like, I, j- and I have empowered. great parents and I'm a millionaire and, and I, I just like sex. Just like sex. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about this <laughs> in the booth. <laughs> just a nod. Got it. Do you have something on the New Zealand Isn't champion? Oh, maybe. Hmm. What you guys described is pretty much Paris Hilton as far as I can tell. You don't think that she gets emotionally involved? Does she have emotions? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I was actually... She's like, what's New Zealand? (laughs) What's an emotion? Is is that that the 52nd state? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just thinking about this earlier today. I don't know why. But what I was... I was thinking that as a female, the minute you sleep with someone... Even if it's someone that you didn't think you liked before, mm-hmm. it just like elevates them. And all of a oh, sudden yeah. they have this power where they can hurt you now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. I think that's true. I, I think that that's true. But I think that, yeah, I think that's true unless you, you know, oh, I had a rebound situation where I genuinely didn't like the person. And I thought maybe the sex would like make us a little closer and i was still like absolutely not like this guy is not for me did when did you realize you didn't like him though 
pretty early on. Yeah, I was just I was just kind of like feeling lonely and needy. And so I remember I was like, oh, I'll just like make out with him. I was like, we'll just go. You know, I was like at a bar just after a show. Just familiar. Yeah, and around. Was, yeah, exactly. I was like, let's. You know, I'm feeling. I I was just got out of a relationship. I had never even done the rebound thing, so I was really almost just like sort of going through the motions of like, this is how they do it on television. <laughs> like, you find a guy and then you make out with them, and then everything feels fine. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so I tried to do that and I made out with him and it was awful. He was like, not even a good kisser. And I was like, well, that's the end of that. I, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. That was so stupid. And then I kept dating him. Ugh. I just kept dating him. Why? I think I just, I was being pathetic, but I, I knew I was being pathetic. And I, instead of shitting on myself and being like, you are scum, you are <laughs> better than this. Pick yourself up, like deal with being alone. I was just like, no, I think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to, like, be pathetic for a while and date this guy. And it was so awful because I was, like, using him. It was awful. Was he developing feelings all yeah. over again? Yeah. But he was also a nightmare to date. Like, she, it was just bad. It was, like, I knew we had no future, which also made it kind of okay because I was like, oh, this feels very temporary for me. But as soon as I realized he was, like, really developing feelings, because initially he wasn't either. He was also, like, kind of rebounding mm-hmm. from his previous whatever so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, you know, we'll just, whatever, we'll just have fun. And, and it wasn't fun. It ended up being very messy. And Well, let's talk. Okay, you dated Pete Holmes. I did. And in all the stories, I'm like, is that Pete? Is that Pete? Is that Pete? No, that so was the just... rebound from Pete. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so what context. happened with um, Pete? With Pete, Pete? How did you guys meet? Pete and I met through comedy. Um, I saw him at a bunch of shows. We were on shows together in New York. And, um, yeah, we had always, like, been friendly and stuff. And then we were at a party once. And that's where I – we were actually – we both really did not want to be at the party. Was he Fat Pete or Thin Pete at fat this point? Pete. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, like, the most Fat Pete. <laughs> um, but a larger just, pe- so, Pete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he slimmed down a lot when he came to Los Angeles. And he's, like, a very healthy – well-adjusted great yeah. person who's doing yoga and he's like i know he's way healthier than me it's like realize it. he's healthier than everyone he's now. healthier I didn't than even everyone realize it until i was watching a stand-up clip of his and then i was like oh i forgot that he, there used to be more to pete yeah yeah quite a bit more right right um yeah uh so yeah he we met at a party and we started hanging out and um yeah i mean we dated for about a year and I remember when we first started dating, I remember even saying to my mom that it felt too good to be true. Like he was a really good boyfriend. Like he devoted. Re- very de- stuff. Yeah, very devoted. And um, I remember, you know, he told me that he used to be married, which he talks about a lot on his mm-hmm. podcast. You made it weird. Funny podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember feeling kind of awkward about that, um, just sort of not knowing what happened and, you know, how he was feeling in relation to that ending. And, you know, was he, was it a good thing? Was he mourning it? I, I really, he didn't really open up about it too much. And I think that probably had to do with me not also, I didn't really want to know. Like I wasn't. How long had he been single at that point? Um, well, he dated someone after he broke up with her. And then I think this was like six months after they broke up. So he was kind of in this like serial monogamy situation and I didn't realize that or I think maybe I did but I just didn't want to acknowledge it Mm 
um, because it was like it was really pleasant. Like we had a lot of fun and uh, we I think it's the reason we're such great friends. Like we're very compatible as friends, like incredibly compatible. He makes me laugh so hard. We have a lot of fun together. We hang out a lot. But I think in a relationship, it just didn't work. Why? Um, I think, you know, I don't even really know. I think it just didn't work. Like, I, we weren't really communicating properly. I was also in a place where, like, you know, I didn't necessarily have my shit together the way he did. And I was trying to get my shit together. I had quit my job. And I was trying to focus more on stand-up and, like, you know, get things off the ground a little bit. And so my life was a little more in flux. And that was probably a lot for him to deal with. And, um, yeah, it just kind of didn't add up. And, and it, it's definitely for the best because I'm, you know, we, we broke up and then, I was single for a while, and now I'm in a new relationship, and I'm really, really happy, and it really does work, and we do communicate and fight, and, you know, I didn't I, – it's nice. Like, we're very open with each other, and it, it, it's, it's good. It's, it's, what, it's what my other relationships have lacked. So, yeah. And when you and Pete broke up, yeah. was, was that hard for you, though? Awful. It was awful because no, it, it wasn't awful in that I thought we were the perfect match. I, I think I, mean, I was it serious in that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you That's, wanted it to work. I did want it to work. I did want it to work at the time. Um, I also with Pete and he would admit this too. Pete was very serious very quickly. Like we instantly were boyfriend, girlfriend. There was no you know, grace period of like, let's yeah. just test the waters. It was hopping right into being See, boyfriend, girlfriend. Met, I feel like there's certain guys who they are, there's enough women in their life that they know what it is that a bad boyfriend does. And mm-hmm. they're going to be like the king of the good boyfriends. Yeah. So they're instantly on it with the good boyfriendness, And it's yeah. like, it's, in my experience, at least, it's not. A, it, but it's not about you. It's not about no. their devotion to you as a girlfriend. It's just Absolutely. like who they're trying to be. Totally, totally. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. So that's in how my you say, Yeah, okay. I think that. I think that was the situation. Also, because um, you know he was married, so he jumped right. into right. this. Is he? He? He again has said this on his podcast. He's like, I've never, I never dated. I just knew how to be monogamous in in a long-term situation and so for me wanting that Mm -hmm. i was like this is the match because he wants what i want and then you you come to realize that no he has stuff to work through and i have stuff to work through and you know together is not how we're gonna do that and um i was gonna tell you one other thing and i forgot because i have a bad memory no it's because i talked over it no no i'm being super yappy um you just keep yapping well i was gonna say one other thing about breaking up oh oh uh, the reason when we broke up the reason it was so devastating and we actually make a joke about this in the pilot is because pete uh broke up with me very suddenly over the phone Um, when I was living in New York and he was in Los Angeles for pilot season. And uh, I had, I mean, zero clue that it was coming. So that was why it was so devastating. It's not that I look back and I'm like, oh, we could have saved it. It's like, no, it definitely needed to end. And it probably did end in the best possible way because it really was like ripping off a Band-Aid. I was blindsided, uh, blindsided and devastated and crushed. But I realized as I sort of slowly started to like pick up the pieces 
and, and, you know, be single again, it really did reveal itself to me that, like, I am way better off without him. And it took a while, you know, ego-wise. I was like, oh, you just ripped out my heart. But then my heart was like, no, no, no. I mean, yes, it hurts right now, but you'll come to realize that it's way better for the both of you. So you had no idea? No idea. That... Everyone who is sort of insecure but in what they think is a good relationship it's right scary. now is going. Ugh. And I have a lot of trust. I mean, I do have trust. I had trust issues after Pete, big time, because I had never. My college boyfriend was really my only other boyfriend in my life, and we were very open and honest and communicative, and we're still friends. And you know, I never. I just didn't know that people did that. I was like, uh, uh, wait, well, what, what? How long had he been wa- wanting? Like to? six months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he like wanted to end it and just didn't didn't know what to do and he held a lot of like anger in towards me and it's interesting he would he told me later again now that we're friends this is all like very on the table but he was like yeah you would do something like you'd be upset that I checked my phone at dinner and then you would do it and I would be like oh that's a weird double standard but I would never like tell you that it upset me I would just like hold it in so like little tiny little things like that he never expressed so it just like built up mm-hmm. inside of him and he was like boiling on the inside why why wouldn't he express that he, i think he just didn't know how like i think he came from a family where that stuff wasn't expressed mm-hmm. you know it was kind of uh as they say in the uh, mormon fundamentalist community they call it keeping sweet like you kind of just never complain you just have to like you know i didn't know I, about i want to be in that community oh yeah i read this Not whole really. book about it i'm like obsessed um wait but is that is that what he is uh, he's, he's not, not Mormon. No, 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 he's not Mormon. But <laughs> he you're just obsessed. Has a Mormon look. But you're you're um, obsessed with that. I I am obsessed. I think I think the Mormon fundamentalist stuff is very interesting, like the Warren Jeffs case and that kind of stuff. But anyways, th- there is a term in in their community called keeping it sweet, and I think that there was a little bit of that in Pete. And he's doing a really good job and has done a really awesome job of, like, kind of recognizing that that's not the best way to be, especially, like, in a healthy relationship. You kind of have to have a proper dose of not Linda Lee yelling, (laughs) but, you know, you got to talk about stuff because a lot of stuff is going to bother you. And some of it is really irrational. Some of it is, like, you being crazy, but you still have to say it to have the other person be like, you're being crazy. Yes. That's what I've been learning lately because I can identify with with Pete with not wanting to bring up what se- I don't know if this is how it was for him but to me what seems like these like stupid little things because I don't want to be see I want to be the cool girlfriend who's not going to nag about this and is not going to mind this and is not going to like it oh yeah you know I oh, don't man I can totally like I never to I don't ever want to be jealous I don't ever want to be petty I don't ever want to be da 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 like oh you want to go out with the guys and um, have sex with other women that's fine not right. really no I, no no you I know, know exaggerating I know. but like I want 100% like, yeah I, I think cause maybe because I have a lot of guy friends and so yeah. I have had I've had to sort of figure out what where is it okay I mean first of all what do I share and what do I not share but but more than that like in what ways should I be speaking up about something because sure. maybe there is something where yeah it's it's normal that that wouldn't necessarily be cool Mm-hmm. For you, right? I mean, it hasn't. Like, I my my boyfriend's great. I don't. So there hasn't really been a lot of stuff like that. But in general, I do struggle with figuring out. I feel like for some people, it's just like I feel this, so I'm going to say it. Right. And for me, it's like Picking I battles. feel this, so I'm going to think about it a long time, mm-hmm. and and then I'm going to stuff it down, and then it's going to come up, and then it's going to be painful for me. And like I'm trying to streamline that, but it is hard. It's so hard, and I also struggle with that big time, big time. 
Like I definitely with my boyfriend, um, he he'll call me out. He'll be like, "You're doing it again." Like I know something's What's, wrong. Yeah, and I'll just be like, "No." And I mean, it's so cliche to be like, "It's the whole like I'm fine" thing. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily. I never do. I'm fine, but I definitely get snippy. And then he's like, "What's going on? Like, what is really happening underneath to cause you to be so curt with me?" Uh-huh. And then you know we end up talking about it. But with my boyfriend, I mean, I have like accused him of random stuff, like no- nothing like cheating or anything major, just little things. Like you know, I wanted him to come out. Out here to visit and I was like oh uh, you know oh he doesn't care enough to see me and he's like do you like you really think that's what it is and he's like no I'm just trying to be smart he's actually coming out here next month and it's like <laughs> he's being very logical and I'm the one who's like oh right I have like residual trust issues where I'm like oh you're just over it but you're not telling me and it's like and he's like, when you say that are you is that what you're actually thinking um, like, have you convinced yourself that that's the truth? Um, I think that it, I think it is. I think it's partially the truth. I think I'm. I'm a little. Uh, there is some like just residual, you know, kind of. I think it's also just in my my friend. I have a friend who's going through a similar situation. Her boyfriend is a lot like my boyfriend. The way she describes him, he's just very much like a dude's dude, and a lot of times she's like, "Oh, I think you know, I th- I I don't know. He's been really distant today. I think he's, you know, maybe something's up." And I'm like. You know, no, he's just being a guy. I guarantee he's not even thinking about appearing distant. He mm-hmm. doesn't even have that capacity of of to be like malicious in right. the girl way. We have we yes. we can be premeditated. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're the ones who are like. In, I mean, I hate to be like girls are crazy, but I mean, there is that. We we can we're we better can at mind, like we're that. better at like mind fucking. Yeah. And there, a lot of like guys are actually like really pure and innocent. So anything they do, and then my boyfriend especially, that like you know seems premeditated or like directed at you specifically, it's like they they're not even aware yeah. that they're hurting you. So that's why you gotta talk. <laughs> you have to communicate. I actually, um, Daniel, that's my boyfriend, and I were talking recently, and and. What he was saying basically is we were talking – oh, OK. We were watching Bachelor Pad. Uh, do you watch that show ever? I haven't. Mm-mm. Well, it's just a bunch of conniving, awful people uh-huh. in a house. OK. But it's entertaining. Yeah, sure. But he was Sounds saying – yeah. We were talking about this one guy on there who was like playing two women. And Daniel was saying it's <laughs> – I love that he's making a case for this being good for culture, this show. He's like, it's good <laughs> that this is on there because women need to see that this is how guys can be. Mm. Um. And and then we were like somehow just talking about how men don't really play games. Actually, that is completely undercutting what I'm saying was no, on Bachelor know, Pad. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's this idea at the beginning that both sexes play games. But men are pretty clear. If they like you, they act a certain way. And if they don't like you, they act a certain way. But they'll still fuck you. Yeah. But the whole game playing thing of like, he's acting like he's not into me, but he actually is into me. I don't think guys really do that. No, I don't. I don't think that. I absolutely agree with you. I think we might do that. I think we do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of our problems with guys is really problems we have with ourselves mm-hmm. and, and maybe, you know, we're, we're just projecting onto yeah. them. We're I thinking mean, that they will, that they're approaching a situation the same way we are. Right. And also, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and then we also have like residual issues from, from a few bad seeds. And then we yes. just projected on the guys who are like really good. Like my boyfriend's like such a good dude. How like, did you guys meet? We actually met doing a podcast. We did a podcast in Los Angeles. 
Um, been together, like, I guess about a year and a half. Yeah, we've been together about a year and a half. And we met um, doing a little podcast. He went on as a character. He's an improviser. What podcast? And um, it was called, I don't actually think it exists anymore, but it was really fun. It was called Pass the Carrots. Yes, I don't and, know that one. Yeah, and it was kind of, uh, I guess it was like kind of like comedy bang bang. They had people, you know, interviewed comedians but also people went on as characters and everybody kind of interacted so yeah it was fun anyways Mm -hmm. but yeah he's just a good dude and it's like oh that's really nice he's like a really good person even when he's like being jerky you're like yeah but the the, like the heart heart is is good yeah absolutely yeah gary you were nodding when we were talking about um all of our thoughts about men and women yeah i think i still have whiplash i know (laughs) chime in yeah what do you think about all this I, I think you guys were pretty much dead on. I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to every rule, so you of can't course. generalize about a whole sex, you know, one way or the other. The but girl in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. By and large, I think you're right. I mean, I think most guys are pretty much on the surface and don't – I what you guys were saying about uh, when when Jamie said he's just a guy, he doesn't understand – like, he doesn't have the capacity to understand – or to be, you know, conniving like that and to be that underhanded, like, that, that doesn't, she's right, that doesn't play into, like, my mind. Normally. Have you been accused of things by women where you're like, what? I don't even, what? Yes. I'm Probably sure. Probably 80% of the time yeah. I'm accused of something. That's how I feel. Right. What kind of things are we talking about? Just, like, uh, I'll be accused of, I've been accused once of um, being upset about something and hiding it to sh- to shield the other person's feelings, oh, which God, women which, are the worst. It, which is that's what I do. It's definitely oh, something I do. I've like, totally done that. I hate myself right now. Like that's happened. Like I definitely do shield people who I'm I care about. I shield their feelings if I can. But like it was just so ridiculous. Like it was so made up in in my mind. Like once it was said out loud, it was just like I felt like okay, how do I get out of this situation? Because I feel like I'm sitting in a room with an absolute lunatic. And there's no way that I'm going to get out of this. Aha, unscathed. you are upset. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it goes. Exactly. See, yeah. If there's one thing I hate, it's being accused of feeling something that I'm not actually feeling. Yeah. Because that's essentially the person calling you a liar. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, again, my boyfriend, we've been, we've been apart for the past month because I've been out here and it's, it's hard. And I find myself getting mad at him because i miss him yeah which is a new sensation it doesn't manifest itself as like oh i miss you like it's more like i'm angry that i can't physically see you what do you think that is Is i have no idea and i've tried to articulate it to my boyfriend and he's like i guess i get that but that's like kind of weird and i'm like it is weird I is agree. it a, like you're supposed to be here for me feeling? I think it's I kind think of leftover abandonment thing. Yeah, or? maybe maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, I he I I wanted him to come out here and he he's he's not going to because we're both coming out here next month and so we're like planning a trip around that and that's like really lovely and he's being practical and like smart and normal and I'm like just being absurd. And acting like a weirdo. And I admit it. So I think at least he has that. At least he's like, okay, she's not delusional here. Yeah. I, but I really don't know where it comes from that I feel angry when I can't see him. Because I'm not, I'm not needy, really. I mean, I have moments of neediness, definitely, like everybody else. But, I, I mean, you know, I came out here by myself. I'm working out here. I, I travel for comedy sometimes. And, you know, I'm kind of used to having to set my own schedule and be on my own. 
Well, I can so, relate I to that feeling of someone's giving you like a perfectly rational explanation for something and you hear it and you're aware of it but inside you're like but i'm still mad about it yeah like, i don't like it i don't want it to be that way if you yeah. love me you would but it's like a two-year-old it is it's, it's like toddler mentality because you can't justify it you're going totally based on like but my gut says it's uncomfortable for me yeah. you know it's like well just calm down and be an adult about it like you are not a toddler you have the ability to rationalize your thoughts and your actions like just take charge but of course i'm like but i can't see another yeah i struggle with what kind of discomfort is good like what is supposed to be uncomfortable because mm-hmm. a lot of emotional situations in a relationship if if uh healthy relationships are new for you are uncomfortable but then again like discomfort can be a sign that things are off i don't know yeah i'm all over the yeah. place on that one no no i i think I think that's true. I, I like that you you say that you think about like what's a proper dose of like feeling uncomfortable. You know, that's a that's a really good point in general <laughs> just with life. Like, it's not always supposed to be super pleasant. No, all of the time. There's no, no need to be like oh, my needs have to be met now. Well, always. I remember feeling like I mean years ago, like but I'm in a relationship. Why should I ever have to feel alone? Yeah, <laughs> was like that's because that's crazy. Yeah, and because just because you're part of a couple doesn't mean that now someone. Takes care of everything for right. you. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to be like pretty emotionally solid to be in a relationship. It's Otherwise, crazy I that think so many people feel... are in them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how does current boyfriend feel about the fact that you are working on Pete's show? Um, I think he's just really happy for me. I think he's, oh, yeah, sorry. I was looking down <laughs> at a freckle on my leg that is new. Um, yeah, Does I someone think... text you a freckle? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, someone. Yeah, <laughs> getting some serious freck texts. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's just really he's really happy that the, you know that I did the show and that it might go and it's a it's a great show. I really believe in this show. How did the tapings go? They went really well. I they had went... tickets and was really bummed. I had to miss it for work. Oh man, but... we're so God mad at damn you. Damn it, Adam. Um, Corolla. Yeah, I uh, I thought they went great. Um, you know, it's going to be sort of a, a late night show, but also sort of a new take on late night. Of course, every show is like it's a new take on what already exists. But um, it you know going to have some sketches, and um, it's not all going to be sitting at a desk. You know, it'll be a little more interactive than that. And there will be a guest though in the third act, so that's good too. Is he doing a monologue? Um, yeah, but sort of in his own Pete Holmes way. I don't think we're focusing so much on like topical stuff. I think it's going to be more like I was at the zoo the other day and then maybe doing a monologue on, you know, something sort of general that is also observational. So he's technically your boss. Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't I don't necessarily think of it that way. I think of it as we're peers. But um, I mean, I think the host of any show is the boss. Right. You I'm know. just wondering how that works, like how. How you got, how you guys are working together since your exes? Oh, I mean, we've been friends longer than we've than we dated, mm-hmm. so it actually works really great. And we also worked on the reason, really, that we became friends. I think we would have become friends eventually anyway, but I think something that expedited us becoming friends was that we worked on a web series together when we were dating called Kid Farm. And then after we broke up, Kid Farm continued. We actually um, went. We went from having an online pilot to getting a web series produced by Comedy Central, which was really great. So that forced us to work together again. 
And from there, we became friends again. So I think we actually were just very used to working together. And now you are going to be doing Conan on September 26th. I am. That's exciting. Are you it's, nervous? I'm very is nervous. Is this your first uh, late night thing like that? It is my first late night thing. I've done stand-up on TV twice before. I did TV Guide stand-up in stilettos, and I also did Last Comic Standing. Oh, um, which Last Comic Standing The, the season? last season. Who um, won that one? Felipe Esparza. Okay. I don't know why I asked because I don't – Jeff Dye was not on that Jeff season, Dye, right? Jeff I think, was one of the first seasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've done stand-up before on TV. Edit this but out. It... Make me sound really informed, Gary. <laughs> you can do that, right? He's shaking his head. No, I know. He's like, absolutely not. So last season you were on. Last season I was on. So, yeah, uh, it doesn't make it any easier, I'm realizing. I mean, I think that deep down I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done this before. I can do it again. But it feels totally different because it's Conan and – I I think he's so amazing, and I think the show is amazing, and I just I want to do a good job. I want to be liked. Me too. Yeah, and I'm not even doing Conan. <laughs> I just I want to be liked, and I want to be right. I'm gonna do such a good job on Conan that we're both gonna be liked from my stand-up Thank set. You. I'm doing it Aww. for us. Do it for us. Yep. Yeah, that's you and right. me, Al. I got you covered. Now you were saying that uh, there's not that many many women. In late night? Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. Expand on that. Oh, I just feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I just think in general, you know, there haven't been that many women to do stand-up on late night. I mean, I'm sure statistically I am correct. Um, there are definitely more men than women because there are a lot more men than women, I think, doing comedy. Why do you comedy think that is? General. That's something that comes up in my world quite a bit, that that question uh, and that whole like, men even. versus women and comedy, et cetera. Yeah, I really try not to think about it because I feel like somehow thinking about it makes it more real or something. And mm-hmm. I feel like the more you think about it, the more you give power to it. Right. Um, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, it's just kind of, I, I, I hate to sound like I don't think about it more deeply, but it's kind of just the way it is, I guess. Honestly, I had never really given it a lot of thought until I started on the Adam Carolla show uh-huh. where it's a very um, – there's a lot, people ask me that question a lot. What's I'm it like sure. being a female on the? Well, this is like you know. dude central. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So I guess it is I'm, a little I'm bit more right. I'm more aware of it now. But um, just something that that I realized recently. So I was going to do uh, Doug Loves Movies, the podcast Doug yeah. Loves Movies, and this was the second time I was doing it. And the first time I did it, uh, my friend was in the audience, and afterwards he's like, "You were good, but you totally let yourself get dominated by Bill Burr." Because um, Bill Burr, I guess, I thought we all kind of talked, you know, an equal amount. But to someone in the audience, it was like I barely said anything compared to Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. So this time I was like, I don't want to let that happen. Um, and I listened to the episode with Pete Holmes and TJ Miller and Jeff Garland, which was like, uh, it was Doug. He chose the three most obnoxious guests and put I'm beloved, but obnoxious. Of course, of course. Put them all on at the same time. Have you heard that episode? No, I have it not. It is like a clusterfuck. Like I'm you sure. cannot hear. You can't even tell what anyone is saying because they're all talking at once. Oh yeah. And yet it's funny. But I, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking there's no way a female could ever do that. Like I just I cannot think of any female comedian or personality who would do that or could do that would be allowed to do that and still be liked. There's something fundamentally mm. so unfemale about doing that. I think like even like take Chelsea Handler, Sarah Silverman, Kathy Griffin. Yeah, I was just thinking any of them. even like a someone who's considered like a pretty ballsy female. They just don't they don't do that with their energy. 
Yeah. And they're talking. And I don't know what that is. Like, I'm always thinking kind of in any situation where there's a group, I'm thinking, am I talking too much? Are people beginning to dislike me because I'm inserting myself too much? Did I just speak over someone? Is everyone getting a chance to speak? Blah, blah, blah. And even if I've decided I don't give a fuck, I'm just going to, you know, monopolize, which a lot of very short TV panel bits, like you have to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm going to be a raging asshole because I need it for my reel or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm always thinking like that. I don't necessarily think guys have that in their head, but I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I, I really don't think women are allowed to come out of the gate and talk over everyone in the same way that guys are. Then again, I think maybe there, like I was saying, there is just something so fundamentally unfemale about that, that as a culture, we don't allow it. Whereas, there's probably something a guy could do that is so fundamentally like unmasculine that we wouldn't allow it. And I don't know what it is. Maybe like jumping up on a table and being afraid of a bug or, mm. or just something mm-hmm. where, where we're just like, we don't condone that. Yeah. I mean, to uh, the example cited of Pete, TJ and Jeff Garland, I mean, Pete and TJ are, have been friends so long and they are, they are such huge personalities. I almost feel like they're an extreme example but I feel like I, I see what you're saying and I do think that, you, yes, I think you're definitely hitting on something very real. But I also think I'm like if I was in that situation with them, I would probably back down. I'd probably be like, oh, like I, I don't know. Like you guys you already have like this inherent connection. You've been friends so long plus Jeff Garland like, you know take it away but yeah but i think i i probably again you know panel situations are always they they make me very nervous i was just i just did a panel show that's going to premiere on um, mtv in december right now i think it's called epic fail i don't know what they're officially going to call it but anyways it was my first time doing panel for television and you know there a lot goes through your head not even as a woman but just in general of like i don't want to step on this guy i don't want you know like you're trying to create this natural dynamic and it feels very unnatural but um you know i i did sort of force myself to like speak up more than I probably would have based on what you're saying yeah. too. I did have that natural like See, oh. I just wonder if the guys in that situation have that natural feeling too. You know what's funny? I actually I get into this like reverse sort of I almost do kind of not I don't want to bulldoze anyone. I want I wanted to feel like we're all contributing the same amount cuz you know that someone's going to be like whoever talks the most, they're going to be like that guy was kind of annoying cuz he talked a lot. The so audience I, is going to be that I way. Feel, mean, I feel. I, think, I, think, I feel like the producers like that. They may, they maybe do. I I just I think that's my fear is that yeah. like the audience is like, well, that guy won't shut up. Let, you know, let the others talk, or you know, maybe they don't see it that way. Maybe they're like, oh, that guy's really confident. But I just tried to chime in as much as I possibly could to make sure that I like got my jokes in and you know had a presence on there because I I do I did have a little bit of panic of like oh. You know, I'm the only girl on the panel. You know yeah. that there's that guy in the crowd who's like, oh, they put a girl on the panel. You know, there's still that element of, like, having to prove yourself. But I really try never to think about it because I think – I do think that subconsciously not not allowing yourself to think those thoughts, it makes you overcome whatever womanly vibe you're putting out there. I think you sort of do give off a more, like, masculine energy but or you equal probably energy, don't rather. ever do TV appearances when you have your period, right? Right, right. I mean, it's just... 
I just I, it's I, the advice anyone will give. I mean, of course. I yeah. mean, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, I was about to be really gross. Oh no, please! Uh, I like to be gross on this I show. I was gonna say you gotta bleed it out before you go on the panel. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Well, okay. we we don't have much time because you have to leave in a sec. But I let's just do. quickly do just me or everyone. We'll just okay. do a few. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Give him Chris says, I forget how to write my signature after doing it eight times in a row. Yes, my signature changes every single time and it looks kind of like a squiggle at this point. Mm-hmm. Jamie, do you have this? Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how my signature evolved into what it is. I. I don't. I'm, it's not even letters. It's just. It's just a, a vibe that I put on paper. <laughs> right. So Energy. the vibe. The vibe changes from you know the seventh to the eighth signature. I totally get it. Newly one love says, "Just me or everybody." Sometimes I feel guilty about the shape my car's in when I go to the mechanics, like I'm letting them down. I don't have. That so much, but I do have general low car self-esteem, which is that I feel like people are going to judge me because my car is old and uh, dented and has big scrapes on it. And actually, I what what my car looks like in my mind's eye, different than how my car looks in re- in someone else's eyes. <laughs> sort of like my parents' old dog Woofy was uh, very puppyish for the first you know fifteen years of his life. The last two, he was very old. But I always would think – I thought of him as a spry puppy. And then I'd see him and I'd be like, oh, no, I forgot. You're all decrepit and you have some warts on you now and you're kind of blind. That's what my car looks like. I'm driving a rent-a-wreck right now while I'm in Los Angeles. I've been renting from rent-a-wreck. I got in a wreck with my rent-a-wreck. So it already had – Did you get the insurance? Had you had that? I, d- I did, yeah. Smart. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean it looks like a piece of crap. And it, it looks like such a piece of crap that when I got in the wreck, you can't even tell that I was in a wreck. So it's, it's kind of awesome in a way. But it's also very embarrassing. Yeah. What up, Nissan? Just shout out to <laughs> Nissan. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, the, the Vincent – low something i don't know what the rest of your name is says is it me or everyone that i like the smell of the air that comes out of a rubber toy when you squeeze it that's not me for sure definitely not me sounds disgusting yeah but i can also picture it so maybe there is kind of like a a reminiscent feeling that goes smell rubbery yeah it was the vincent lopez oh there you go alana carlin i say bless you when a pet sneezes yes I do that. When a dog sneezes around me, I say, bless you. And I've also I say, that. excuse me to dogs. Oh, that's but, nice. But the, but not in a, I mean, it, it is nice, but it's, but then I'm like, they don't speak English. Right. I say bye to I dogs. I say bye. Bye to animals in general. Yeah. Hi That's bye. nice. It's yeah. just polite. Yeah. I think so. Gary, do you talk to animals? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. I, but I'm wondering, do you say excuse me like after you sneeze or when you're like trying to walk past them? After I fart. Oh, okay. No. Um, yeah, when I'm trying to walk past them. Oh. Like if Toby is, is blocking my way, I'll say excuse me, Toby. And then I'm like, God damn it. He doesn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's not you know, working. You might really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think um, let's do a real quick, a real quick, a real quick. This is my, I'm trying to cue. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Go fuck yourself. Okay. Oh, God. Now I got to. Fu- okay. This is a follow up to an earlier Go Fuck Yourself, 
which um, you guys haven't heard. It's on the Mike Kaplan episode. I read the email from the guy who, um, so Jamie, you might not know this, but at the beginning of the show, I'm always like, oh, hey, my little, and then I come up with some some carbohydrate name. Apple to, fritter. Yeah. I remember that from the Chelsea Peretti episode. Did I actually use apple fritter? I think you said apple fritter. Okay, I guess so I did. Cute. Thank I loved you. it. Yeah, so it's just become like a pattern of a silly thing like that. Um, and this one guy, though, can't stand that I address people that way because I'm not famous like Mariah Carey. She can give her listeners names. She does I'm just, that? I don't think so. What? It's weird. What's it's, with the Mariah Carey? Yeah, I thought it was weird, reference. too. It's, it's a really, it's a long, hilarious email from the guy. It's like, I'm just a girl next door or someone's best friend, so where do I get off? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he Ugh. wrote in again. Hello, my slice of lard best friend. Just Ugh. wanted to tell you I enjoyed today's episode. What? Don't like being called a slice of lard? Well, guess what? Your listeners don't like being labeled gross foods. Parentheses Cinnabons. I've never used Cinnabons, by the way. Apple something, bread something or other. Did you know that thinking all your listeners have food issues like you makes you an extreme narcissist? Don't believe me? Just ask Dr. Drew. He will tell you the truth you apparently need to hear. Listen, you fuck it. Fuck, fuck idiot. I couldn't decide if I wanted to call him No, fuck, fuck idiot is great. Listen, you fuck idiot. <laughs> you fuck... T- I, 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 I like fuck tard so much, and yet I feel like tard is right. not approved anymore. Right. You fuck nut. You fuck... Listen, dude. Something even worse. Um, you know who's the narcissist and who's also not in reality? You! Who thinks that everyone has a problem with this silly thing that I call you, which has nothing to do with food issues. It's just a silly pattern, which people tend to enjoy. But you think that I'm saying that you have food issues, you crazy, crazy, crazy man. And I realize, I hope you don't live anywhere near California, because right now I'm kind of poking at the crazy bear. Uh, So please just... Maybe this whole thing is some elaborate performance art piece. I don't think it is. I think you're actually crazy. But please take this in the spirit it's intended, which is it's just a fun thing we're doing on the show. Please go fuck yourself. Also, also, this is like people saying they're upset with the way Adam signs off with Mahalo because don't they realize that doesn't he realize they don't live in Hawaii? But uh, but if you have something else to say, you know, write in. Okay. And <laughs> hey. 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 Go fuck yourself. Okay. Got that off my chest. My good? God. I feel better. It's good. cathartic for me. I mean, I've never doubled up on someone. So I feel I do feel like maybe I shouldn't uh, draw attention to the crazies because I think he's probably crazy as opposed to just an asshole. Right. But I feel like the combination, it's, it's manifesting as asshole, so I've got to call him out. Yeah, I mean, who takes the time to send stuff like that to anyone? I know, it's I'm always weird. shocked by that. Yeah. I hate to call it the obvious, but it's like, what? Don't, how do you, I wish I had that kind of time mm-hmm. to be like, you know what really grinds my gears to use yeah. a family guy reference? This, this one random podcast, by, not that you're a random podcast, no, I know but you, you know mean. what I mean. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even have time. I mean, if I was offended by something, I'd be like, oh, that was kind of weird. I think there's and that's all I of- would think. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But yeah. I have I have I'm running to do something right now, like a job. <laughs> there's kind of an OCD quality of certain devoted listeners, which is like, oh, I just can't stand the way right. she just pronounces that. Like people can't stand the way when I say also, I tend to say well, they say I don't pronounce the L. Maybe what? I don't. Maybe say I say it again. also. 
Well, I overpronounced the L in my okay. head. I said also, but I think normally if I'm saying it fast, I just say also. Oh, interesting. Which I never noticed, but it bugs the shit out of oh, some people. Interesting. It's just like their day would be fine, their life would be fine. They'd probably still be married if only I would say also. Uh huh. You know, like people get so fixated. Uh-huh. Also. Yeah. So uh-huh. fuck you. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> You have to be on your way, I which do. makes me sad. I know. But thank you so much for stopping by. Oh, Thanks this was for delightful. having me. Yeah, you're um, the best. Thank you. And anything you want to plug? Uh, as yeah. We wrap this up. I mean, uh, I'm yeah. I'm doing. I'll be doing stand up on Conan on September 26th, which is a Wednesday, and uh, I'm on Twitter a lot at the Jamie Lee. The Jamie Lee. Yep. T H E J A M I E L E E. Okay, and. Your website, Jamie Lee Comedy? It's jamieleecomedy.com. Yeah. Okay. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can email the show, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at adamcarolla.com. Um, leave us a comment on iTunes. Maybe we'll read it as an iTunes comment of the week. And don't forget to click five stars because you know that uh, it makes me happy. And hey, are you going to buy something on... Did you know I could talk this fast? I know. I it's amazing. I know. I'm like, I'm just hitting my hands in my chin. Like, I mean, my chin's in my hand. Like, wow. I know. She can really talk so fast. So many words per minute. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you know you are because they have everything, why not click the banner on my site, allisonrosen.com, and then you buy whatever you're going to buy. And it costs the exact same for you, but it helps out the show. And um, that'd be nice. I could, I, I like when you help out the show. And uh, now I'm just talking. Okay. I love you guys. Um, have a good week and I will see you next week and thank you Jamie thanks so much bye bye guys hey do you know about the Allison Rosen show we had a good time but now we gotta go thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen show
This is Corolla Digital.